Thank you for tuning in to Trinity Baptist Temple's podcast. I'm Pastor Kyle Dinsmore, and I pray today's sermon is a blessing to you as you continue to seek the Lord and follow His will for your life. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact us. God bless you. Well, if you have your Bibles, you can turn over to Luke chapter 12, and um, we are uh, walking through Scripture, uh, but I, I love how the Lord works things out, uh, because as we go through this, um, we see uh, the Lord do this each and every time almost, um, so it's pretty awesome. Uh, but last week, we finished up a, a, an important section of the study. I just want to remind you of those two points that we got, uh, two points that we saw concerning uh, the second coming of Jesus Christ. Point number one was our lives are to be lived in perpetual preparedness. And then point number two was our looking is to be with sleepless service. Again, we're not supposed to be looking for the grave. Uh, I would even say that uh, looking to uh, heaven, what God has in store, isn't, shouldn't be our main focus. Uh, but again, we should be looking for uh, that day where we see our Lord uh, as the Bible says, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. And so a very uh, important message. And this morning we move forward and we're celebrating our mothers. We come to a section uh, in Jesus's teaching. And I think it's, again, a tremendous blessing because we see uh, this important lesson on earthly relationships and uh, what I'm going to call maybe a dividing factor, how Jesus Christ affects or should affect uh, or really does affect our, our earthly relationships. Oftentimes, um, our earthly relationships, the perspective that we have, skews our understanding of our spiritual relationship. And that is, that's important to get, that's important to, to, to hone in on, because I think that's where we see a large disconnect, even in the family today, is the earthly relationship skewing uh, the spiritual one. So I want to pray this morning, we'll look into this and see what God has. Father, thank you so much. For all you do, for, for what you've done so far today, we're so thankful for uh, our mothers, we're so thankful for our ladies, and just the, the blessings they are to not only our individual lives and families, but to our church. And Lord, it's so special to see all these uh, women, all these ladies, all these mothers uh, here this morning, and uh, lift them up to you. I pray that each one of them uh, would be walking with you in an intimate, personal relationship every day. Uh, and if there is a, a lady here, a mother here that has never placed her faith in Jesus Christ. She's never accepted uh, the death, the burial, the resurrection, the person um, of Jesus Christ. And I pray that this morning they would make that decision before they leave this place. And this Mother's Day would become even that much more special, uh, a day of a spiritual birth. And so, Lord, we pray that you would move. We pray that you would just uh, have your way in everything that's said, everything that's done. I pray that you simply use me as a vessel and you would be glorified in all of this, Father. We ask and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So again, remember what, what just was taught in, in Jesus' lesson. Christ is coming soon. We are supposed to be living our lives a certain way in light of that return. He says, to whom much is given, much is required. Uh, and he talked about the difference between those who are ready and those who aren't. And so we come to this place where Jesus explains there's, there's a dividing factor. There's a dividing element in our lives in this world right now and he, he's going to explain who that is what that is and so in verse 49 where we pick up jesus says I've, i am come to send fire on the earth and what will i if it be already kindled but i have a baptism to be baptized with and how am i straightened till it be accomplished suppose ye that i'm come to give peace on the earth 
I tell you nay or no, but rather division. Now that, that's an interesting way to turn that. Uh, again, he just talked about living in, in preparedness, making sure that our lives are constantly living in anticipation, faithfully obedient to the Lord uh, as we're anticipating his return. And he turns now and he says, look, there is an element. I am that element that divides. I, I, I'm not come to bring peace at this point in time, but a division. And a lot of times people's mindset of, of what God is and who he is and what Jesus came to do uh, when, when he first came th that first time uh, is off and skewed. And this is something that we have to get. Jesus came to this earth, and in his coming, he made a huge separation, a huge gulf uh, between those who were God's and those who are not. And again, that's what he's explaining. He is this separating, this dividing factor. Again, we as men, ma mankind, make this life about what we want it to be. And so when we look at Jesus and he comes on the scene, he's saying, look, there's a, a clear separation between those who are prepared, those who aren't. There's a clear separation in men's life and the relationships that we have. And too often, I think we, we lose sight of this fact, and not only that fact, but the fact that life itself is short. Without a doubt, Jesus Christ brings peace. Without a doubt, he alone is the peace giver. In him alone can peace be found. But in a world of sin and, 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 and selfishness, Jesus Christ separates. He separates families. He separates earthly relationships. And again, when we think of these things, we think, I, I don't really like to think of things like that. I don't, I don't like to think about being separated from people in my family. Uh, but that's exactly what happened. And if you're a child of God, you know you've experienced that so far. Uh, you have maybe family members, maybe friends, old friends, who when you accepted Jesus Christ, things changed in y'all's relationship. You, you, you know maybe that family member right now that still it's not the same. Ever since you got saved, it's never been the same since then. Maybe you, you have that best friend that you went to high school with or college with, or maybe you had a really close friend that you were with for a long time, and when you got saved... All of a sudden, you didn't have things in common. You didn't run with them anymore. You, 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 you just, things changed. There was a dividing factor, a separating factor that occurred in your life. And on that point, I want to I challenge you with this. If you are here and you're saying, I got saved. I, I am a child of God. When I die, I know I'm going to heaven. And yet you still have all of your same old friends. And you, no, there's been no division, no separation. When I say that, they're lost. They're living in the world. They're practicing sin. And they're okay with you being the light around them. There, 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 there should be some type of concern there. Uh, because again, Jesus Christ separates. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't have friends that don't have relationship with Jesus Christ. We should absolutely be connected with people that, that don't know Jesus Christ. We shouldn't run with them. We shouldn't have a, a lifestyle that runs the same as theirs. Because again, Jesus very clearly says, I am going to separate. There's a distinction between my people and the enemy's people. And so, again, we, we, can, we can have that connection with them. We can be friends with them. We can, uh, we can show them the truth. We can live our lives the way Jesus has called us. And if they are okay with us being like that around them, then praise God. But most of the time, there's an uncomfortableness that comes uh, to those that are in darkness when they're exposed to the light. And again, Jesus is talking about these are the things uh, that happened when he came to the earth. Luke chapter 12, continuing on in verse 52, he says, For from henceforth there shall be five in one house divided, three against two, and two against three. 
The father shall be divided against the son, and the son against the father, and the mother against the daughter, and daughter against the mother, and mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law, and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. It doesn't sound too happy. Uh, it doesn't sound too hunky-dory. Uh, Jesus is saying, look, I, I've come, and, and I've come to bring fire and a baptism and a division on this earth, and it's going to be clear. It's going to happen inside of houses. People are going to be separated in their own house because there are going to be some that choose him and some that reject him. And that's what he's talking about. Now, I want, to, I want us to understand this. From a worldly perspective, from a sinful perspective, this doesn't sound good. This, this doesn't sound too exciting. Well, I, I don't know that I want to accept Jesus Christ if it's going to split my family apart. I don't know if I want to follow Jesus if it's going to tear me from my son, from my daughter, from my mother, my, my father. From a worldly perspective, it isn't good. But you have to understand this is from a godly, from a biblical perspective. Sin has separated mankind from God. All of mankind from God. Romans chapter 5 says that by one man's sin centered into the whole world. And so that is our separation from God. Jesus Christ comes to draw us back to the Father, to, to be that bridge, to be that sacrifice, that way that we can have a relationship with God. And in that, the separation occurs. When he entered the picture 2,000 years ago, he brought a division. When someone accepts Jesus Christ today, there's a separation. We're called out of sin. We're called out of a life of sin, called out of the system of the world, and called unto him, to his body, to his church, to his kingdom. And so there's a supernatural separation, even in the relationships that we have in this world. And this division that Jesus taught is very clear. And he said that he would bring this. In John chapter 15, he's eventually going to come along and say, you're not of this world. In his prayer to the Father, in John chapter 17, he says, they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. And so this morning, I want to look at a very special uh, mother, a very special woman who very clearly was separate from this world, very clearly was separated unto God, very clearly had been separated from many other relationships, no doubt because of her separation unto God. And because of this, she was blessed and highly favored. If I were to ask you to raise your hand, all you mothers in here, every, I believe every person, and say, how many of you want to be blessed of God and highly favored of God? There's no doubt every single mother in here would say, absolutely. I want my, I want my marriage blessed. I want my life blessed, my health. Uh, I want to be highly favored to God. There's no doubt every single person would raise their hand and say, I want that. And so when we look at this woman, that's who this woman is. That's who this mother is. She was blessed of God and highly favored. And the, the, the mother that we're going to look at this morning is Mary, the mother of Jesus. The very, the very one who would come to this earth and say, I've brought a division. We look at Mary's life, and she was very clearly, as I said, separated unto God. Point number one I want to look, uh, look at concerning Mary is this. The Lord was the center of her fervor or of her passion. So when we look at this woman who was separated to God, who was blessed and highly favored, and, and again, very clearly, Jesus was a dividing factor in her life. We see that she was absolutely on fire for the Lord. And when we look at that from the outside and, and, and from the, the surface, maybe it doesn't see that. But you can look at this and see a lady that was so passionate about something that, was, that was, had never happened before. You know, think about this. She, was, she, was, she had never been married. She had never been pregnant. Yet she was passionate about doing God's will. How is this possible? How, how was she passionate uh, in her life to do God's will? to do God's will, to follow his word. 
Now, the reason is her faith, her trust, her reliance was in the person of Jesus Christ, in God Almighty. Again, she had never had a husband, never, never had a child. And yet when God comes, God sends the angel of the Lord to her and he, and he tells her, this is what I'm going to do, Mary's passion surfaces to do God's will. If we look back in Luke chapter 1, it says this in verse 26, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin, a spouse, to a man whose name was Joseph, the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel came to her and said, Hail, look at this, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. That's an amazing thing. Blessed art thou among women. Again, if we ask the question, how many women want that to be their story? I want to be highly favored in God, and I want to be blessed among women. Every single woman in here, every single mother in here would say, yes, that's what I want. I want to be highly favored and blessed of God. But why? Look as it goes on. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast her mind what manner of salutation this should be. The angel said unto her, fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. That's beautiful. You found favor with God, and behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, shall call his name Jesus, or Jehovah say is salvation. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then Mary said unto the angel, and then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? I've never been married. How am I going to conceive a child? The angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she has also conceived a son in her old age. And this, is the sixth, uh, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Be it unto me according to thy word. That's beautiful. I've never experienced this. I have no idea how these things are possible. But God is telling me, with him, all things are possible. That Elizabeth is pregnant. That I'm going to conceive and bring forth a child. The Savior, the Messiah of the whole world. She was blessed and highly favored. And her response is, have your way, Lord. Have your way. Again, that goes to the root of where Mary was in her walk with God before that. It goes to the very root of the passion that she had to have the Lord at the center of her life, the, the, the Lord at the center of everything she, did, everything she did. She had a passion, and it was because God was at the center of it all. The Bible says that she went to the hill uh, country. She went down and saw Elizabeth. As she enters in, Elizabeth hear, hears her. The babe leaps in her womb, and she says, because this is the mother of my Lord. It goes on, it says in verse 44, For lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy, and blessed is she that believed. For there shall be a performance of those things which were told of her from the Lord. And Mary said, look what she said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. It goes on to give a very beautiful song there that Mary gives. But again, it's all very telling that the Lord was the center of her passion. And so this morning, I want to ask you, you women, you mothers, all of us in here, is the Lord the center of your passion? It, the thing that you're passionate about in this life, the thing that drives you, the things that, that, that get you excited, the things that, that, that 
uh, again, stirs your pot, if you will, is the Lord, the things of God. Is he that, that factor in your life? For Mary, again, Christ, the Lord, had been that dividing factor, had set her apart. She had had a passion, and the passion was to do God's will. Is that your passion this morning? Is the Lord the center of your fervor? She was passionate to live according to God's way. And the Bible says that she was highly favored and blessed among women. Point number two this morning, the Lord was the center of her family. The Lord was the center not only of her passion, what drove her, what, what um, again, even in the unknown, she didn't know what it was to be pregnant. She didn't know what it was to be a mother. She didn't know what it was to be married. She didn't know any of those things, yet she was passionate to do God's will because God was the center of that passion. But very clearly we see as her life goes on and she bears children, specifically Jesus, that the Lord remained the center of not only her, her but her family. Too often today, Family becomes the center of family. Did you hear that? Too often today, family becomes the center of the family. And so what, what, do you, what do you mean by that? I mean that it's driven by selfishness. Maybe it's driven by entertainment or busyness or activity. And I said that this morning, I was talking, passing through the foyer uh, to, to one of the, the church members, and uh, I said, how was your week? He said, busy. I said, my... You know, mine too. I mean, that's, that's the story of our lives, right? And, and our kids are involved and active and, and things are going on and we're busy and we're active. And oftentimes that becomes the center of our lives, of our families. Our family becomes the center of our family. Decisions are made by the family, not by what pleases God, but by what suits us or what pleases us. Oftentimes when we come to make a decision for the family, when it is, the family's going to do something, we, we don't consider, okay, let's pray about this, let's think about this, let's, let's, let's really see what this looks like as far as our testimony, let's really think about what this uh, is for our family as a Christian family, what it says to other Christians, what it says to the church, what it says to the lost. Let's really think about the decisions that we're making or the decisions that I'm making. We, we don't often do that. What we do is, what do we want to do? What do you want to do? And the family does what pleases the family, not what pleases God. Thou shalt have no other gods before me, including the family. Including self. And so that's a, that's a very difficult point today because oftentimes we, we, can, we can start thinking, you know, I don't think it's that big of a deal. I don't have a problem with this. I don't care what they say. We begin to think about all these factors and not think, I just want to please God. What does his word say? What does he desire of me? We, 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 we set that stuff aside and we begin to operate and make decisions, again, according to our own desires. In our example this morning, Mary's selfishness was absent. Think about what she could have said. Think about the things that she could have responded to the angel of the Lord. And when we walked through this, I said some of these things. She could have said, this isn't fair. I, I, haven't, I haven't even been married. I'm, a, I'm still a young lady. I, I, I want to be married to Joseph for a while before we have kids. I, I, I'm not, how, how is it that I don't have a choice in this matter? I mean, you're just going to come tell me, and this is what God's going to do, and I'm just going to have to settle for it. I'm just going to have to deal with it. What, I'm still young. I still want to live my life. She could have said all those things, 
But she didn't say that. She wasn't being selfish with her life. She wasn't self-centered. She wasn't even focused on Joseph. She didn't, she didn't say, you know, no, no, take it back, Lord. You know, I don't want this. I mean, Joseph is going to cast me aside. And we know that eventually, back in Matthew chapter, I think chapter 1, Joseph thought to put her away privily. But we don't hear any of that from Mary. Again, we don't see the selfishness that's often exhibited in our lives today, even in the family. Her response to her life being completely, radically changed, her life being turned upside down, her response to God directing her life to, to bring uh, this ridicule among her, uh, in her life among men, her response to this, to being a pregnant virgin, was behold the handmaid of the Lord. Be it unto me according to thy word. That's, that's, that's often just breezed over and overlooked. But again, her life, God, God was saying, listen, I, I, you're blessed and highly favored. I'm going to do this amazing work in your life. I'm going to do something radical in your life. I'm going to do something that's going to change the face of the whole world. And Mary, Mary didn't look at it as some imposition. She didn't look at it as like, well, am I still going to be able to do this? Or what about this? I want to be able to still do this. Mary didn't say any of those things when God came along in her life and says, I'm going to do something amazing to you, and it's going to, it's going to transform. Not only you, it's going to transform the world. Her response, because the Lord was the center of her passion, the Lord was the center of her everything, was this. Whatever you say, God. And I'm wondering this morning, is that where our mothers, is that where our, 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 our moms, our grandmoms, uh, is that where our, our women, is that where we are as families? God, you want to do something awesome with my life? God, you want, you, you want to transfer, you want to turn my, my community, you want me to turn uh, this, this world upside down for you? I, I realize that I'm going to have to be submitted and obedient. Uh, I, I realize I, I'm going to have to maybe sacrifice. I realize... I may not be able to do what I want to do or what my kids want to do or what, what my neighbors want to do or what my friends want to do. I may, I may not be able to do all those things that I have on my plate, on my agenda. But God, I, I realize you want to do these things, so behold, your servant. Do whatever you want according to your word. Is that where you are today? Is that, is that your mindset and your heart? Is that God be the center of my life, be the center of my family? See, beyond the glad tidings, beyond the good news, the gospel presentation to Mary, beyond all of that, we see that after the birth of Jesus Christ, nothing changed for Mary. The Lord was the center of her everything. Christ remained, and that was pr pretty easy. What about having Jesus Christ as your child? Today, again, our, our kids, their activities, their things, their schools, their, their extracurricular activities— become the center of our lives, right? They become the focus of everything that we do and plan. How, and maybe this is a, this is a fleshly, you know, Paul said in some of his letters, I speak as a man, I'm speaking as a man right now. So may, maybe it's, it's a little, not cheating, but unfair that Mary's child was Jesus. Y'all get that? I mean, Today, our kids, it's, it's sports and, and, and school activities and, 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 and all these other things. And, and we struggle with, no, we can't let that direct and dictate our lives. We need to make sure that the Lord, that Christ is the center. 
and Mary's child was Christ, the center of her life. And so maybe a little easy, again, speaking as a man, but God, uh, again, his desire is that every single one of us have Christ at the center of our family. For, for Mary, that's what's, that, that was the case. God's will, God's word, the focus, doing what God wanted to do, obedience to God's way. See, they had to trust the Lord for all things, just as you and I today have to trust the Lord for all things. They knew that doing this was going to unlock the manifold blessings of God in their family. See, I think that's why so many times our families struggle and our families miss, miss the things, the manifold blessings of God today, is because Christ isn't the center. I'm not saying that God's not blessing in certain ways, and sometimes they're, oh man, that's a great blessing. But I'm talking about the manifold blessings of God, the various, many blessings just pouring over our lives and our families. Why are they missing in our families? I think often because Christ isn't the center of our families. We're allowing the jobs, we're allowing the activities, we're allowing other things to be the center and the focus of our lives. But Mary and Joseph, they knew to unlock those manifold blessings, they had to make sure that Christ stayed the center of their family. In chapter 2 of Luke, it goes on and says this. You say, how, how do we know that, that Mary and Joseph were so set on keeping God at the center of their family? And after he was born, eight days were accomplished for the circumcising of the child. His name was called Jesus, which was so named of the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the days of her purification, listen to this, according to the law of Moses were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem to present to the Lord. Look, look at this in verse 23. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that opened the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to that which is said in the law of the Lord. A pair of, two tur a pair of turtle, doves, turtle doves and two pigeons. And then further on in his life, in verse 40, the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Now his parents went to Jerusalem. Look at this. Every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. So again, we see Mary and Joseph, after Jesus is born, they don't say, Woo, we got the Savior. We, we, we've got the Savior child. Now we can just kind of do whatever we want. He's like our golden token, right? No. They didn't do that. They continued because the Lord is the center of their life. The Lord is the center of their passion, the center of their family. They continued on to follow God's word. It says, as it is written in the law of the Lord, as it is written, they did. They didn't say, hey, maybe we can cheat. I mean, we just had the Savior. Do we really have to go to, to, and keep God's word? And we've got our golden ticket. And again, I think that's the mindset of many today. I've got my ticket to heaven. I know I'm going to heaven. Do I really need to do what God says here? Do I really need to be that committed to God if I know I'm going to heaven? And again, that's the mindset of many today. Mary and Joseph didn't have that. They had salvation in their house. Jehovah is salvation. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, in their house. And they didn't compromise at all. They didn't compromise at all. They could have said, hey, we know we're going to be saved. We've got Jesus in our house. They didn't, not at all. As God commanded, they continued to obey because he was the center. And even watch this, through trial, look at their response to the Lord being the center of their life. It goes on, it says the, the days were fulfilled. I'm going to try to hurry as they return. The child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem. You know, many of you know the story. What happens is Joseph and Mary move on. Jesus is in the temple teaching. They realize, uh-oh, we don't have Jesus with us. He's 12 years old. So they go back. They find him in the temple teaching. And look what they, they, they saw him in verse 48. They were amazed. And his mother said unto him, Son, 
why'd you do this to us? Why, why have you dealt with us like this? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrow, and we've been crying. We felt like we've missed the boat. And he said unto them, How is it that you sought me? Or why are you looking for me? Didn't you know that I have to be about my father's business? And then look at this next verse. And they understood not the saying which he spoke, uh, spake unto them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them. And look what Mary does. But his mother kept all these sayings in her heart. That meant something to her. God's word spoken to her meant something. Even in the midst of this trial, the word of God, Christ at the center, it helped her moving forward despite the lack of understanding. There's no doubt that there's probably many of you mothers today going through trials in your life. And maybe there's things that you're going through and you don't understand. And you say, I just don't understand how, how this is happening. I don't understand why I'm going through this. And God's word is very clear. And what God wants you to do, just as Mary did then, is to trust that he's got it. Trust that, that he's in control. Obey his word. Keep those things in your heart. And again, he'll guide you through that. And if you notice the last verse of chapter 2, and Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. The product of the Lord being the center of our families is what every single mother, every single father, every single grandfather, every single grandmother wants or should want. And that is that right there. Increase in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. Again, if I were to ask you to raise your hand, I believe every mom, every dad, every grandma, every grandpa would say, Look, yes, I want that for my kids. I want that for my grandkids. I want them to increase in wisdom and stature and in favor with God. And man, I want, them, I want them to experience God's blessings. But that's because Mary and Joseph had Christ at the center of their family. He was the basis of their decisions. He was the, the one they turned to. He was the one that they said, you know what? We can't do that or we've got to do this because God's word says this. And finally, number three, and we'll close. The Lord was the center of her future Mary not only had Jesus at the center of her passion, everything that she did was because of him. The Lord was the center of her family. We see that even leading into the family life. In the family life, she was blessed of God, and then we also know he was the center of her future. In Luke chapter 2, verse 19, as, as the shepherds told that to Mary, it says this, Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Upon seeing, upon hearing, and experiencing all of these things that was told to her, she treasured the reality of these things and what it meant not only for her future, but the future of all of the nation of Israel. The Savior was here, and she knew that God would keep his promise because she had that relationship with him. He was the center of her life, center of her family. Looking back in chapter 1, looking at her song that we, we saw a little bit, the first part of it, in verse 50 it says this, and his mercy is on them that fear him. This is Mary singing this song. From generation to generation, he hath hope and he's helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. And then look what she says. As he spake to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his seed forever. How did Mary know this? How, did she, how again does she have hope for the future? How does she have such, such confidence? How do I know that the Lord was the center of her life and the center of her family? Because we see the obedience in her life and her family all throughout, no matter what they face, no matter what they go through, supernatural, extraordinary, uh, unexplainable situations, and yet they're still trusting God at his word, still obeying God at his word, regardless of what happens to them in their life. And again, Mary had that confidence in the future. 
She had, because she had the Lord at the center of her hopes and her future. John chapter 1, verse 14, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld the glory, the glory of the, as of the only begotten of Father, full of grace and mercy. Mary saw him for the first time. Her hope came alive. Her confidence in her life and her, and her looking to the future lied in Jesus Christ. And as our musicians make their way, I want you to understand that she was committed. She was surrendered. In this, it shows that Christ was the center of her future. She wasn't worrying about what was going to happen tomorrow. She wasn't worrying about how she was going to die. She wasn't worrying about what she couldn't control. She wasn't worrying about any of those things. She had absolute confidence that everything was going to be all right. Why? Because Christ was the center of her future. Just as Paul would eventually write to Timothy, I believe Mary had the same perspective. I know whom I have believed and persuaded that he is able to keep, to guard that which I've committed unto him against that day. Mary was there. The old hymn goes like this. I don't know about tomorrow. I just live from day to day. I don't borrow from the sunshine, for its skies may turn to gray. I don't worry over the future. Here it is. For I know what Jesus said. And today I'll walk beside him, for he knows what lies ahead. And then it goes on. Many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand, but I know who holds tomorrow, and I know who holds my hand. Moms, ladies, all of us, if we desire to be blessed and highly favored to God, the Lord has to be the center of our passion. What, what drives you in this life, what drives, what fuels you, what, what, what gets you up in the morning and stirs your heart and gets you excited, the Lord should be at the center of that. The Lord needs to be the center of our families. And of course, the Lord has to be the center of our future. We can't worry about what we can't change, what we don't know, but we can trust his word and trust him. Is that you this morning? Are you a mom? Are you a grandma? Are you a, a child of God that has the Lord at the center of it all? If not, maybe you want to come this morning with your family. Maybe you dads, grandpas, want to take your wife by the hand and bring her down here and say, God, I'm sorry for not leading my family so that you are at the center of our everything, so that you're the center of our family, so that you're the center of our future. God, forgive me and help, help me as, a, as, a, as the, the leader of this family. Help me help my wife have these things a reality in her life. Let's make a decision today, just as Mary had made a decision. Just as many Christians throughout the centuries have made decisions to put the Lord at the center of everything. Not our kids, not our jobs, not our activities and entertainment, but the Lord at the center. And when we do that, just as Mary could have never imagined how God was going to bless her, I believe that's how God will bless us. There'll be blessings that pour over our lives that will, will just blow our minds. But he's got to be the center of it all. And as I said earlier, and Brother Jeffrey mentioned in the, in the opening, if you've never placed your faith in Jesus Christ, the reason why he was born was to die. But not just to die, to die for your sins and my sins, the sins of the whole world. He went to a cross and he shed that blood as payment for our sins. 
They put him in a grave three days later. He rose again because he's God. He rose that body that he was walking on this earth in from the grave. And he's alive still today. And because of that, he can offer a, a gift of eternal life to you and I. And if you've never accepted that gift, I'm begging you to come today. Because if you're a mom and you've never trusted in Christ for salvation, there's not a greater gift that you could give your son or your daughter than telling them today, I received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I'm going to be with you forever in heaven. Or anybody, if you've never put your faith in Christ, I'm begging you to come this morning and make that decision. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for your word. Thank you for this uh, example that we see in Scripture. We know that Mary was just a woman, but she was highly favored and she was blessed to you. And again, we see in her life the, the evidence of you being the center. Lord, the decisions that she made, the things, her response to you in, 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 in situations, Lord, we realize that she had been set apart. The decisions she made to put you at the center set her up to be blessed. And I pray you, every single one of us in here, would do that just as Mary did, that we would put you the center of our lives, the center of our, of our families, the center of our future, that you would just be the center of everything. And therefore, open us up for the blessings that only come to those who put you at the center. And Lord, we ask you to move in this invitation, and we'll give you the glory for it. We ask all this in Jesus' name.